Hi, this is Mike Howe from Metal Church, and you are listening to Focus on Metal. Hey, Metalhead, Scott Thompson here, welcoming you to another edition of Focus on Metal. So the show this week will be old school Focus on Metal with a whole bunch of stuff. We'll be having a talk with uh, Chad Nicefield from Wilson. They just put out their new one, Tasty Nasty. And so Richie will be doing a deep dive on that one with Chad. Also this week, we will be doing a, a bit of music discovery. Haven't done that in a little bit, and we have lots of things to explore. So I thought I'd throw some uh, some new bands, some new tunes your way, even some new tunes from some bands that you are very familiar with, but have new albums out. And also this week, we will do a requiem for uh, the sad departure of a website that has been a great supporter of Focus on Metal. So like I said, kind of a hodgepodge of all kinds of different stuff this week kind of a podcasting potluck and we hope you enjoy it but first it's been a while but how about a track of the week so on september 28th brainstorm released their latest album midnight ghost and in the words of Andy B. Frank, he says that, uh, you know, this is not a concept album in the classic sense. There's a thematic thread, the fear of ghosts, monsters under your bed, the boogeyman in your wardrobe, wild beast in the night. In other words, fears that many of us have had since childhood. Of course, my current fear is that uh, Judas Priest's next album will be Nostradamus Part 2, but I'm really hoping that uh, Richie Faulkner won't let that happen. So it's been around two years since we've had a, uh, a studio album from Brainstorm. In the meantime, they did put a nice live CD-DVD package out, which... Uh, I buy so much stuff, I actually bought it twice. So, yep, two years in the making, and they were back in the studio for about three months with uh, with Sieb, you know, Sieb from Orden Ogan. The guy does all kinds of production, and these guys have called him the uh, sixth band member of Brainstorm with his collaborative skills with the band over that three-month period. And, you know, you listen to this album, and it's pretty amazing to think that uh, they were actually recorded all of this stuff within a three-month period, although they started writing some of this material, according to Andy, while they were out on tour. And also, in the uh, usual AFM European tradition thing is actually available in multiple formats. You can get it in the CD, you get it in a CD, DVD, digi book, which includes a bonus DVD called Scary Creatures Over Europe 2016. Uh, that was actually recorded in Stuttgart. They've got a blue vinyl edition, a yellow blue splatter vinyl edition, as well as a limited edition box set. So whatever your uh, metal fancy is, you can pretty much get Midnight Ghost in any format that you desire. So for track of the week, I decided that I would actually do the lead-off track. It's called Devil's Eye, and it's because it's just a, a stormbringer of a track, a great way to launch into the album. And there's a lot of textures and things on the album. There's slower songs, faster songs. But this one here, it's, uh, it's pure brainstorm power metal. So off of the latest one from Brainstorm, Midnight Ghost, this is... Devil's Eye.
There you go. Track of the week from the latest one from Brainstorm, Midnight Ghost. And if you want to check them out online, you can go up to Facebook, and it is Official Brainstorm. And by the way, speaking about things that are available in a splatter edition, just want to let you know that uh, Rat Pack Records is releasing the latest one from Metal Church. It's called Damned If You Do. It's supposed to be out on December 7th, and that is up for pre-order right now on the Rat Pack Records website in of course, the usual Rat Pack Records uh, deal with multiple different great bundles, including a deluxe edition autographed bundle. And you know you can get regular CD jewel case one. You can get the aforementioned blue and black splatter vinyl. They got it in a cassette uh, edition as well. They got an ultimate fan bundle going. So all kinds of different versions of this one that uh, you can get. The latest from Metal Church. It's called, once again, Damned If You Do. And hopefully uh, sometime before that one actually drops, someone of our friends from uh, Rat Pack will uh, give us a call and ask us to uh, talk to one of the band about that release. Uh, so uh, stay tuned here and see if that uh, actually falls into place. All right, so before we go any further, I just got to editorialize a little bit. Like I said at the beginning of the show, that uh, one thing I'd like to do today is just do a little bit of a requiem for a site that uh, will be leaving us, or probably at the point that you're hearing this show, has uh, now officially shut its doors. And I'm talking, of course, about our longtime uh, partner for four years now, earpeeler.com. And you've heard me talk, I don't know how many different shows, to tell you to go to Earpeeler and discover new content and connect with people and all of that. But uh, after four years, my friend Victor has decided that uh, the love just isn't there from uh, the community as a whole, and he's decided that uh, can no longer afford the, the time or the money to keep the site running. And of course, it is a shame. It's a big hit to all of us that do shows that uh, you know we kind of have a little, uh, a little community among a, a lot of us anyways, and so it's very sad to see that uh, what was a great idea by Victor is uh, is going to be no longer with us, and I have even noticed that in the four years since he started that site, that uh, several other places have begun to copy what was originally his great idea to do, but with a difference, and uh, it's kind of an unfortunate difference. And that's that Victor started his site by, like I said, trying to make a community and trying to make it so that shows like us would help promote his site, which would help promote other shows. Which, you know, would just keep going and going that way, as opposed to making an aggregation site with ads. So your ads are paying the bills, and it's really more of a commercial enterprise than anything else. So at the time that I'm putting this episode together, you know, Victor is kind of doing his last hurrah on the site where he's doing a podcasting kings, kind of a, a March madness of podcasts, if you will, with brackets. And I, I will say I was pretty happy that Focus on Metal actually made it uh, through two rounds. But, uh, you know, when you see the people that made it into the third round, definitely, you know, heavyweights like Chris and Neely from the Classic Metal Show. So great stuff like that, making it in there. And those guys well deserve to be moving forward, you know, you, you can't really topple shows like Classic Metal Show or Talking Metal and, you know, kind of the podcasting great. So, you know, if you're in luck by the time that this show airs, you know, maybe the site's still there. You can go and see who uh, who made it through Podcasting Kings and give you your last chance to maybe discover a few new shows before uh, Ear Peeler is no more. But I am hoping that... Uh, Victor will continue to pop up on uh, Talking Metal Digital and continue to do some Mars Attacks podcast. And uh, you know, I've been fortunate to be on several of his classic album podcasts as well. Always enjoyed being able to be on uh, one of Victor's shows or uh, being uh, asked to do other guest stuff by him. And uh, of course, I always, Victor, I wish you all the luck in the world. And you can always consider that those of us at Focus on Metal uh we're friends for life for you, buddy. And it will definitely be a sad day when I take the earpeeler.com banner off of the uh, Focus on Metal website. And, you know, since uh, Victor is uh, living in Spain, has been living in Spain for several years now, you know, I can think of no better way of getting into our music discovery for the week than actually feature a band from Spain. So back around the beginning of uh, September, end of August, the uh, Rock of Angels Records put out the latest one from Kilmara. 
and this one is called Across the Realm of Time. You know, a few weeks ago, we were talking about uh, bands, you know, doing a lot for themselves and promotion and all that. This is definitely one of those bands that falls into that category of getting out there and really kicking ass promotion-wise because uh, John Patillo, who was the guitar player of Kilmara, he is like an email promotion machine for this band leaves no stone unturned, really communicative, really wants you guys to know that his band has got an album out there. And I can't say enough about the time, effort, and energy that uh, this guy puts into promoting his band. So like I said, you know, they put out this brand new one, Across the Realm of Time. And, you know, it's it's like a nice compact metal album 10 tracks good stuff actually the whole thing was recorded mixed and mastered by the one and only roland grap how we've had roland on the show before you know him doing stuff for lords of black and master plan i mean just the list goes on and on and on and they got some great guests in here as well obviously roland happens to pop up there on uh doing some uh, guitar work on the uh, song my haven and uh doing a little bit of uh, background vocals as well and they've got a few other guests on there but i hey i just figure i i would throw out the fact that Roland is all over this thing, whether he's mixing, mastering, or noodling a little guitar on there. Very cool. So what do you say I play a little bit of the melodic metal from Spain's own Kilmara? And, you know, I looked at the track list. I'm, you know, looking at this whole thing, and instantly I knew, like, in two seconds, I knew exactly which track I was going to play. So off of Across the Realm of Time, this one is Purging Flames. Once again, that is from Kilmara from their brand new one, Across the Realm of Time. Kind of messes me up because I want to say Across the Realms of Time. But anyways, that's the way they named it. That's the way it is. And if you want to uh, hook up with those guys, find out more about them, you can go to the uh, always, as I say, ubiquitous Facebook, facebook.com slash Kilmara official. So why don't we uh, veer off of the music discovery for a few and get into Richie's talk with Chad Nicefield from the band Wilson. These guys have been around since 2010, came out of Detroit, Michigan. So currently they are promoting their uh, third full-length studio album. They had uh, 2013, they had Full Blast Fuckery, then 2015, The Right to Rise. And then just recently they put out their brand new one called tasty and nasty and the interesting thing about this uh, this band is the fact that when you listen to all the stuff that is on tasty nasty these guys they just have all kinds of different stuff going on 
in the band. And uh, Richie even gets into that with Chad and how the output on this album, you know, where does that input come from? And Chad describes about the fact that, you know, everybody has all these, uh, all these different things that they're into and nobody is into the same things at all. So you kind of get this whole spice cabinet of things going in the band. And there's definitely things on here that I'm like, eh, I'm not really that crazy about. And then there's other ones where it's like, okay, I can see actually listening to this one. And it does definitely run the gamut. And it's interesting these days because there's several other bands that are not exactly sonically like this, but have this kind of an idea where the album is all over the place. And, you know, another good example of that is the latest one from Bad Wolves, where there's all kinds of stuff on that one as well. You know, I've let a few people listen to that one and they've come back and been like, holy crap, I'm, you know, you, I, you know, you hear the cover that they, they do on that one and that one gets played a lot and people think, okay, maybe the whole album is sonically like that. And they find out that it really runs the gamut of, you know, electronic stuff to, to hard rock, to metal. It's just all over the place. And uh, Tasty Nasty by Wilson is, again, the same kind of a deal. And it's interesting because I can remember that uh, that back in the uh, in the late '80s, early '90s, when uh, we got signed to a label in uh, in Germany, that the label was really liking the fact that all the stuff that was on our latest CD, it was all over the place. You know, there was there was something that was almost uh, could almost be a dance groove in there with this heavy bass thing that uh, that our bass player at the time was doing with a slap and all that. And then there was really like stronger, uh, stronger kind of metal. And then there was more of a, a bluesy influence, kind of deep purple kind of drinking stuff that was on there. It kind of, it, you know, it really did a random gamut of stuff. And it was interesting because, you know, back at that point in time here in the States, Nobody was into that at all. It was pretty much you you had an artist, you expected their album to sound sonically pretty much across the board, you know, from track one to track 10 the same way. And yet in Europe, it was uh, something that they were actually looking for. So it's now, you know, here we are in 2018 and now there's bands like this that are having these albums that run the gamut of uh, song styles and they're actually becoming popular and they're thriving in the music industry. So it's pretty cool to see that whole change of stuff that is going on. So I'm going to play a little bit of a track off of Tasty Nasty and that will roll right into Richie's chat with Chad Nicefield of Wilson. Hey, Chad. Hey, Richie. How are you doing, man? I'm okay. So where are you based? Um, currently, I'm, I'm, I'm in Port Huron, Michigan. Uh, I'm based between Detroit and L.A., though. Okay. All right. You can probably tell um, I'm not from the U.S. I'm just based... Oh, where are you? I'm, I'm from Ireland. Oh, awesome. I love Ireland. Yeah. Uh, have you ever played there? Yes. We played... Uh, two, oh, it must have been 2015. We played with um, Hailstorm. I believe two shows in Ireland. I'd have to go back and look at the exact uh, uh, venues, but I remember getting one was in Dublin, and I remember walking down to this whole bar with um, apparently one of the oldest bars in Ireland from the venue that we were playing. 
with one of the friends that we had met over there, and they got a shit host <laughs> <laughs> on uh, on Guinness and Jameson. It was a, uh, an incredible night. Yeah. Oh, you you, a, you found a bar in Ireland. Well done. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> it was hard, but uh, you know we 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 persevered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. How, you, How are you, man? I'm all right. Have you toured Europe much? Uh, we've done two, I guess, two f- runs between UK and the UK and Europe. We did um, one where we supported Hailstorm uh, across. Yeah, we did the Academy in February 27th. I'm just on the internet right now um, in Dublin. And then uh, we did, so we did one full U.S. tour in 2000. And look at this picture. I look at the internet. I'm like, I can get all the stats right now. Uh, 2015. Yeah. So we did a full run in 2015 in Europe and then a bunch of markets in Europe. I mean, in the UK, and a bunch of markets in Europe with Hailstorm. Then we went back with Hailstorm in Europe and did like uh, maybe 10 shows there later on in early 2016. And then we did our own headliner in the UK, um, but we didn't get to go up to Ireland on that um, the headliner, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm going to be honest up until about a week or two ago, I'd never heard of you guys. No, oh, well, no, no, and and I'll be no. I I have the new album and it's really good. I think like the problem is there's just there's so much music out there. It's how do you get oh, yeah. people aware of of your band? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, and we don't we didn't do ourselves any favors by naming our band Wilson in a sea of um, many of things uh, that on uh, many many of other acts that have the name Wilson in their addendum or you know, sporting goods over here in the U.S., whatnot, television shows and movies and things like that. So it's uh, it, we're very prideful when we do, um, you know, when our fans, a fan does find us and connect with us, after, especially after seeing us, because we know that the trials and tribulations of the Internet and having a band named Wilson can be a little bit uh, obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, man, there's a lot of music out there. Yeah. So, so is, yeah. Be, is being in this band, is that your full-time gig? Or, you know, can, he, can, he, can a band that's been only going like four or five years and has a certain I mean, level we, of success like can, can you can that be your main job uh currently no uh you know unfortunately i mean there's not many folks um in you know in these in bands that are our size or are coming on the come up nowadays that can really put everything else to the side and focus on just doing this you know you have to be multi multifaceted and you kind of have to hustle in order to stay afloat while you're doing this um you know, our goal, obviously, is for that to change, um, especially with um, this next record cycle. But we've been, you know, we're from Detroit, Michigan, too. So, I mean, part of us just kind of is always going to find some other some other hustle, some other grind to get on just because that's the way we were born. But, no, at this point in time, I mean, uh, you know, I'm in between uh, a job. We're all in between, like, coming back from tour and, and working our butts off to go back out on tour type sort of a thing, for sure. Yeah, because I've often wondered now, like, how difficult it is to maintain the the band work balance. Because how do you get a job when the guy who's hiring you knows that you're going to be buggering off somewhere for three months at, at a time? You know, that must be a really difficult thing to balance as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've been a little bit on the on the. There's a plus. There's a push and a pull to my gig at back at home because I still I work in the music industry. I'm a talent buyer, so I book shows for a bunch of venues across the state of Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, which somebody would be like, "Well, how do you do all that when you're on the road?" Well, fortunately, my gig doesn't involve me having to be in any one particular place. Um, you know, I tried to be when I'm home. I tried to be, uh, you know, the face of the company and be around people. But I get to work intermittently on the on, on the road. But with that comes other, you know, uh, in- incredible pressures like uh, to deliver your workload on a daily basis to your employers and to the people that count on. You know, if I don't do my job, other people don't don't get to work a job. Like they don't get to bartend or do security or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So maintaining that while also maintaining that band guy hat out on the road, staying healthy, mentally clear, and uh, you know, and physically. It, uh, adapted to you know t- touring when you have to find little spaces to, to to punch away at your work is pretty hard. Now with the rest of the guys, I mean they have to come home and like they're lucky enough to have found a couple of employers. They also work for like venues and things like that. I think I find that to be kind of the the go to for a lot of 
bands that are, you know, in our position, when they come home, they either have a bartending gig or they're doing some sort of side hustle, teaching lessons, or they're working at venues in some sort of music, musical capacity just because the people that are involved in those, um, that field, they understand what the, you know, what the band guy is up against, you know, so they're there to, to support them. Yeah, Pretty I, great, actually. Yeah, Chad, I was talking to someone earlier today, and um, he's in a band and they tour a lot. When he comes home, he books bands and he manages bands, so he stays in the oh. industry. Similar, man. Yeah, yeah. So has that yeah. ever has that ever put a strain amongst yourselves? Because you 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 have to balance it yourself, but then the other guys have to balance it as well. So at certain times that might put a strain on your relationship because one all it takes is one guy to say, "I can't," and then yeah, I mean, rude. That's a nightmare, right? You know, like if you're especially you're at a place where you become comfortable with your, your brothers, you know, or sisters or whoever you're, you're working at towards this, you know, common vision and goal and creating art together. And then to have one of them say, I do it. I just can't do it anymore. You know, like I can't feel like this or whatever. I may or may not come. I mean, it's, it's, it's a natural feeling, um, you know, and we've had that happen to us in the past as the band started to grow. We've been through those growing pains and lost members and had to switch things up, you know, and um, luckily we found, you know, a great group of guys who all have the same common goal and vision to mind. But, I mean, it happens all of the time, right? I mean, all you can really do is be there to support your, bro- your brothers. I mean, you were there for a long time. So to be angry or upset or, like, feel a bit betrayed or something like that, you know, like, that's kind of crazy to me. But with that being said, I can totally understand why working, why somebody would feel that way after working all their lives, such as they're an integral, men, integral member of that band, a primary songwriter or somebody who took care of a lot of the business end of things, you know? Yeah. Now, now I've been listening to the, the new record, Tasty Nasty, and yeah. I can't put my finger on, I know, I normally can say they're a hard rock band, they're a pop band, they're this sort of band, and but stylistically, you're you're all, and this is a compliment now, you're all over the map. Well, that was our, that was our, I wouldn't say it was our attention, intention, because that'd be a lie. We didn't go into the record and say, let's fucking make people scratch their heads when they listen to this or something. But that's an indication of, you know, what you're dealing with, with five people on their DNA and who they are as, as, as humans and what they're interested into. And we, I mean, there's parts of us where, I mean, there's times in the, in the recording process where we, we, you know, we push ourselves to the limits to get outside of our comfort zone to add instrumentation that we thought was you know was interesting to us or that we were currently feeling in that moment and not be like confined that was that was what we wanted to do essentially or should say we didn't push to do anything weird but we just didn't want to be confined by today's standards of rock what is a rock and roll band and um and how that gets measured is uh is very much the, the was the, the least of our concerns making the record that you're, you're listening to um, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Is there any particular style of music that you alone like that the other guys don't like? I'd have to say I'm probably, I'm very, I very, yeah, definitely. I'm the hip hop guy. You know, I'm the guy who like listens to a lot of hip hop or like alternative uh, rock stuff, things that have like more um, that are using t- today's, maybe what people might say today's, technology inside of their music a lot more than maybe some of the other guys are, but I think that we all feel that same sort of way. There's a couple of dudes in the band who are like, like for instance, I don't like much heavy metal music. I am in intense pain, Pinky. Um, and you know, somebody might be like, blessed me if you say that or something like that, but it's just who I am. I used to, I used to be really into it as I've grown up. My tastes have changed and what I find interesting and uh, what I look for as like an indicator of, um, something new happening isn't, I'm not finding it in that genre of music. So I, I go other places because I'm constantly striving to find something new to see where the world's going to take us. Now, other band dudes in the band, they fucking love heavy metal. We have a guy, James, our bass player, who like when his, his driving <laughs> shift, I loathe it because I have to listen to Meshuggah for three like, <laughs> fucking hours. And like two songs of Meshuggah for me, I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm into it. 
but like a full record of Lemon Sugar for me personally doesn't feel as satisfying as it does for James and our bass player. And I would have to say that maybe a full record of Kendrick Lamar for me personally probably doesn't feel the same as it does for James, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that's just, you know, that's just the common little denominators that we have as people, you know? Yeah. Is, is there any particular style of music where you you know for definite that one of the band members will go say to you, there's no fucking way I'm doing that. Mm, yeah. Uh, Probably like if they were like, listen, we're going to be an EDM band. <laughs> you know, they're like, wait, what? So like, I don't have a gig, I don't have a gig anymore. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you do. You just have to learn how to press these buttons. You know, like, <laughs> they'd probably be like, no, we're not doing that. You know, and not just, I would never do that either. But just to say, like, if, if that was ever brought up in the five of us, we'd be like, oh no. I mean, we'll DJ some vinyl for, you know, we'll do a DJ set somewhere, you know, play some music we want. But I don't think any of us have any. Um, I mean, especially the rest of the dudes have any extreme interest in uh, in uh, not playing their instruments live. Does that make any sense? Yeah. So, so where do you stand on the the whole the technology thing? Because you can sample everything, and then you have guys that just want to play the instruments and not sample anything. Do you do you see? Is that a fine line for you? Um, it can be. Yeah. I mean, you know, like there's nothing in there's no way that anybody out there can say that listening to the human body interact with a musical instrument and create the harmonies or the beats or whatever it is that's driving that sound is ever going to replace the uh, the idea of a computer you know generating these samples and creating something so specific to the grid there's something be- beautiful i mean this the most beautiful part of music is is um, to me is is where the flaws are, you know, where the imperfections lie, and, and us as humans creating them, and that's what we, almost perfect, you know. So our body and our language and how we speak and our souls have to come through there. I think that that's the most important part of music. Now, do I not think? Now, do I think that technology is bullshit and that these guys are out there programming drum parts? You know, I, no. I think it's great because at the end of the day, they're being, you know, these kids that don't have the means you know, to start playing music, to understand what melody and harmony is, to, to know what, you know, a four-fourth time signature and a three-fourth time signature, the difference between the very basic, um, you know, parts of uh, of creating a song, they don't have, you know, it's a lot cheaper for them to have a keyboard and a, and a small Fruity Loops, um, you know, or something, you know, some sort of Pro Tools rig or something like that that can um, help them create what could be the next greatest hit of our of our lifetime? You know, like I think that you'd be an asshole to shun away from those kids and the people out there who are utilizing it. Now, I think that's like I go back to the hip hop thing again. I think it's great when they go out, somebody goes and grabs their own, you know, uh, samples of in nature or whatever, and takes things and and gets into the nitty gritty of what comprises that that DAW, that the digital audio workspace that they're recording on and understands how they can manipulate things to sound like something you've never heard before. And that's what I love about music in today's day and age is putting the sonic, um, you know, sounds of our, uh, uh, that we have yet to explore in front of our faces so easily. Like you said, there's a lot of it, but I think that the, the cream rises to the top, no matter what, you know, when you have the whole package, and it's not just a, I mean, you know, it's not just a song that was great, but everything else about it is great. And that you can tell that somebody really cares about what they're doing. Then it will always persevere, you know. And um, I don't know, I could talk about that forever, but I don't, I don't shy away from technology. In fact, I embrace it. I'm probably one of the, of the five dudes in the band. Uh, I think that I'm probably, you know, the, I probably hold that beacon higher than everybody else. But I think that, you know, slowly but surely, throughout holding that beacon too the rest of my dudes have had had a chance to understand that this is a good thing and not a bad thing, you know? Yeah. I think Chad, that just because the technology is there to fix everything and auto tune, it doesn't mean you, you, you have to use it. And I think that's where, that's the, that's the question you have to a- answer. Yes, exactly. Like, do I think that some drummer that can't play his drum should be able to, uh, you know, go in there and pro, you know, fix everything, and then go out. And if you can't play it live, man, you can't play it live. You know, and that's exactly where I said the cream's gonna rise to the top. Somebody's out there not being able to play their instrument and fake the front the whole entire time. You're gonna nip and they milly vanilly themselves. Yeah, 
caps. It's gonna. I don't know if you get that reference or not. No, no, Millie Vanilli. Yeah, they mimed in the eighties. Okay. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Even, yeah so. even though I lived in Ireland, I heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I don't know. Like we're you know we're really we're really the Dilly stops. You know we're like just like no we don't ever we never heard Billy. <laughs> we didn't have the, the means to like listen to whatever the fuck's available. Yeah. And but um, you know that you're gonna find that I don't think that there should be any player out there that can't at least reproduce the you know reproduce what they're what they've laid down on on a record. Now supporting it with other um, Sonic Sounds live that you couldn't ever play live, I mean, that's different. But if you're out there not playing your guitar to a guitar track, then there's a fucking problem, you know? Yeah, I get you. So there's room for other players, you know? Yeah. Get out of here. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that you pr- do, you all, do you get labeled a party band a lot? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like how the band started. Um, you know, the band started in 2000, officially in 2010, but we can call it 2009 when the band played the first show at a college frat party. And I think it was just a house party. Um, and uh, the reason why we played that show is because we were, you know, just, we, we had like five songs and some dude that was having a party was like, you got a band, don't you? And Jason was like, yeah. Do we play my party this Friday? And he's like, we only got like four or five songs. He's like, just play it anyways. And we're like, okay. He's like, what do you want me to put on the flyer? And he's like, call it Wilson. <laughs> so that was our, our band name that started out in a house party and we played in our, the college area that Jason went to school and uh, college and all of the time on the weekends. So that those ethos of where we came from and how we cut our teeth has never left. We've just changed a little bit of how we're doing the partying, you know. Mm-hmm. Has has anyone ever labeled you as being like Steel Panther? Um, no, but we toured with them a lot. I mean. We have a sensibility, especially live, especially if you know us as people, and I guess maybe this record might show that more of our teeth, you know, as far as who we are as people, that, mm. that we are humorous, humorous um, folks, and we find um, that to be a, a, a very, very important thing about living. So maybe we'll see it in uh, in the future. I mean, like I said, we have toured with those guys, uh, and they're good friends, but we haven't gotten the Steel Panther in particular, just because I think that they're more than 80s, um, you know, hair metal version of what we're doing, you know? Mm-hmm. So I want, I want to ask you just before I leave you go, I have to ask, which one of you guys lived in the house of fuckery? <laughs> All five of us, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Every day. We take turns cooking the pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> I was, li- I was, Chad. I was listening to that in the car, and I said, I said, if if I'm talking to Chad now, that's the one song I'm definitely going to ask him about because the funny, sorry, because sometimes there'll be a song like that on on, on other artists, and I'll ask him, and they'll all say, oh, that's a fictitious uh, song, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you, you know, it's funny that song in general. All of those lyrics are pretty much true. They're like, um, you know, like this the the audacious like weirdness of it all is like they're people that we know they're friends they're family they're they're fans you know those little stories and that's what we're kind of where we're tying the button there we have a fan you know we have like a so this is where it comes full circle are you ready for this yeah we have a fan group that was started by a fan uh, on Facebook. It's a closed group you can just go in and ask to be part of and be on there. And there's got like a thousand plus folks in there, and it's called Wilson's House of Fuckery. <laughs> and it turned into be it turned out to be like a place that like folks could come and feel safe about drawing, sending pictures that they find of things that look like dicks on the internet or some shit like that. You know, <laughs> like for a while when we were down making a record and not doing anything, people weren't actually talking about, Oh, I saw the guys here. They're sharing like, you know, stories about the fan or pictures or whatever it is. They were just literally posting things of, that looked like dicks in the house of fuckery. And, uh, and it went on like that for a year and a half. And I just kept shaking my head, you know, like, I'm like, man, we really did find out. We really did cultivate, like slowly, these fucking weirdos that are just like us. And here they are in this house of fuckery. So that's where I'm. What I'm really pointing back to is we all live there. You know, we all live in this place. Not just necessarily the physical area or the house of fuckery on Facebook, but if you're, uh, you know, if if you're like us, welcome to our house. You know. Yeah. What what's the weirdest thing you've ever seen a fan do at a show? 
Oh fuck. <laughs> weird is weird is subjective, you know. I guess it depends on like how you take it. I'd have to say the most insane thing is so we hadn't toured. This is just recently. Uh, I mean, there's been so many. I don't even. I can't even. One time, this dude like, oh, okay. I'll give you two examples. Just this one hit me like a ton of bricks. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we first started out, like we were a party band, big beard, fucking leather, you know, leather jackets. We we're going in these like shitty small towns around the Midwest, playing for whoever would listen to us. But we had to like, we had to make a stink. We had to make noise. So I bring big party fucking bass drums, like marching bass drums, and trash cans, beer bottles. We'd play all these different instruments, right? Yep. And this one guy, this one town, little town called Galesburg, Illinois, we kept going back to. You know, it grew from like 20 people to like 200 people, uh, you know, in the course of like four visits. And on that last time that we played there, literally the last time that we had played there, and this is in 2012, probably, uh, maybe even 11, this guy got up on stage drunkenly and picked up my trash cans. It's a metal trash can, by the way. Picked up a metal trash can and started smashing it onto its face. <laughs> uh, like just head banging his face right into the metal trash can. And I like stopped for a second because I was like a gas, you know, I'm like, holy shit, dude, this dude's fucked up. I looked over his face and he's got blood everywhere. Oh. I'm like, dude, um, I stopped the song. And I was like, hey, dude, uh, do you need some like help? Is anybody here that can help you with this? And he's like, hit me in the fucking face. <laughs> like, I'm not going to do that, dude. And he's like, hit me in the fucking face, pussy. And I'm like, Ah, uh, man, this guy's not going to go until I hit him in the face. <laughs> so I like, picked up the fucking trash can and just like bonked him on the head with it once and his head split open and blood just started pouring down his eyes. And I'm like, oh my God. And somebody like rushed up on stage and got him out of there. But that was probably the craziest thing I've ever seen like a fan uh, do uh, in front of me. Secondary to that, the first time that we, not the first time, the last tour that we just went on, which is the first tour we went on like a, a year and almost two years because we've been writing a record, taking time off, readjusting what we want to do. Mm-hmm. The second day of the tour, these, these fans come out and um, they bring us so many, so many substances. <laughs> and at one point, like, like there's just like seven of them, seven different people that come up, like, here's a bag of weed and here's a bag of mushrooms and here's some DMT. Here's a bunch of booze. And then this lady comes up. I'm like, dude, what the fuck is going on? This lady comes up with a full blown cake, like a, like a two layer cake. And it's made, it's, it's a weed cake. And she's got <laughs> 69 shots of, of moonshine little things all around the fucking cake. And she hands it to us. She's like, I'm so glad that you guys are back. And like, oh my fucking God, what are we going to do with this? Like, we have a small band. We can't, we already have a bunch of weed, mushrooms, CMT, booze. But we can't roll around this fucking beef cake. So <clears throat> we spent the night in the parking lot eating as much as possible, <laughs> throwing it all away. And then she just legitimately like got high for 24 hours and then just kept going on. Yeah. That was probably the most strange thing that I've uh, probably encountered uh, in a while as well. I'll have to, Chad, if I get, if you ever come up to Boston area and I go out and see you, I can't play this interview for, to my wife. She won't let me go. Deal, deal. Oh, we won't, don't play it to your <laughs> wife. We'll just send an idea out. You can call it, no, 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 that's the other band. I'm going to see, I'm going to see Vilsen. Vilsen with a V, not a W. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so you got the album coming out and then I, I presume you're back out on the road for, to promote it. Yeah. So you got yeah, We're going to be, uh, we're, we're going to announce some stuff next, in a couple of weeks. Uh, we got like, two tours that we're going to do before the end of the year. And then we're going to do the Shiprock cruise and a bunch of other stuff. I think we'll be heading to you guys for sure in the first quarter of 2019. Excellent. That's so, the plan, at least. So do you want to give out all the social media sites where people can get in touch with the band and, and maybe yourself? Yeah. I mean, the easiest way to find us in general is just to go to the uh, com. And that will link you out to everything else. Uh, but if you want to find us just directly to, on social media, it's literally at Wilson Parties. Uh, and then I'm just at Chad Nice Deal. All right, Chad. Well, I'll leave you go. It's been a, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks, man. I really enjoyed the, uh, really enjoy the time. And I uh, can't wait to get back to Ireland. All right. Good, man. I'm going back next month. First drinks on me. Uh, I'll, I'll find the bar. So don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chad. Have a good rest of the day. You can that. All right, bye.
All right, we got about 15 minutes left to the show. So what do you say we dive back into a little bit of music discovery again and do a catch-up of some of the releases that we have just plain missed with uh, with the uh, interview pack shows we've been doing over the last few months. So the next one out of the gate is by Professor Black. So in fact, uh, on October 5th, Professor Black released not one, not two, but three albums all at once. And I know what you're thinking is the... Who the hell is Professor Black? Well, that is the uh, the new outlet for a songwriter and recording artist, Chris Black. And uh, he says he's entering the, uh, a new phase of creativity. And this is the way he's going. He's deciding that instead of making all kinds of different bands, he's simply going to have one band call it Professor Black and is going to just release multiple identity albums under the same name. So, you know, the first one that he has out is uh, it's spelled LV. P-V-S, and it's Latin for wolf. And this one here is a couple of tracks of mostly instrumental type of stuff. Then he has another one out on October 5th that was called Sunrise. And that one there is kind of more of an atmospheric type of stuff. And then the one that we're interested in is the one called I Am The Rock. And what I really like about this one, and it's kind of funny because I started with Wolf, and I was like, nah, I don't know. It's it, I like some of the stuff, but uh, it's not quite catching me. And then uh, Sunrise, same kind of thing. But then I saved the best for last with I Am The Rock. And if you like old school Motorhead, you like New Album, any of that kind of stuff, even a little tinge of some 70s hard rock and you know, unrefined ACDCness type stuff, then you will definitely gonna like I Am the Rock. And this one here is is like I said, very, very cool. You know, they had a couple of singles that came off of this one, but uh this is just like I said, front to back. It just reminds me of Nawabum, old school metalhead kind of stuff. So High Roller Records really hit a home run when uh, they allowed uh, Professor Black to put out not one, not two, but three albums all on October 5th. And going through, definitely had a hard time deciding on what I was going to play for you because I Am The Rock is a great one. That's got the pure uh, motorhead, Angus Young, love child kind of thing to it. Try, uh, the initial track, Get It On, is straightforward, Nawabam, good stuff. But I finally settled on track three. It's called Dance of Death. And of course, I'm looking at it and I'm going, be really cool if they were doing a Maiden cover. But it doesn't really fit with the whole Professor Black ethos. And no, it, it, isn't, a, it isn't a Maiden cover at all. It's a song that, as described prior, really harkens back to Nawabum and most definitely a, an awesome Motorhead groove. I think Lemmy would be digging this one. So off of the uh, third release on October 5th from Professor Black called I Am The Rock. This one is Dance of Death.
seriously, how can you not love that track? And once again, the uh, name of the artist is Professor Black, and that one is off the release I Am The Rock from High Roller Records. So what do you get when you take uh, Jeff Duncan and Sean Duncan and Matt Duncan, as well as Rowan Robertson, throw them in the pot? Of course, you get DC4, and the DC4 has got uh, four CDs to date, and they just released their fifth one. It is called Atomic Highway, and uh, need I say more than the fact that this is another great metal album produced by none other than Bill Matoya, yet legendary Bill Matoya, the man who was able to get the Slayer sound down on to tape, worked a lot with the Armored Saint as well, and Suicidal Tendencies, Corrosion to Conformity. Guy is definitely a legend. You can even see him pop up in uh, the third installment of uh, Bob Nelbandian's Inside L.A. Metal when he talks about the uh, emergence of L.A. Thrash. But anyways, DC4, like I said, brand new one out. It is called Atomic Highway. What do you say we take a sample of that right now? There you go, some brand new DC4 for you. That is the title track off of Atomic Highway. Therefore, it is called Atomic Highway. You want to keep up with DC4, then uh, it's back to the old Facebook again. Facebook.com slash DC4 Hard Rock. Okay, with just a few more minutes left to go in the show, what do you say we do one last music discovery? And, uh, you know, I had a few things lined up that I thought I was going to put in the final spot. But, uh, you know, I thought in the true spirit of music discovery, maybe I should go with something that either we haven't had anyone from the band on the show, have never talked about the band on the show, yada, 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 right? And I got one that absolutely fits the bill. We are talking about the band Maxwell. This guy's been around for about 10 years now. They're coming to us via Switzerland, and they have definitely made a name for themselves in uh, in the world of metal. So these guys have taken the last four years to craft an album that they uh, feel goes along with their, uh, the motto of the band, which is a beer in the hand and a fist in the mouth. And uh, they know that this may uh, actually uh, be a little bit divisive to some of their longtime fans as they're going away from the uh, their more hard rock sound into a very much more deliberate metal sound. But uh, hopefully it doesn't diminish what they have got going because they have been, uh, they opened tours with Kiss and Dynamite, been on bills with Doro, Rage, Chakra, UDO, uh, Shanker's Temple of Rock, Lee Aaron, They've been out there with with uh, within Temptation, Extreme, uh, Thin Lizzy, Tesla, uh, even uh, the Treatment, and uh, 
Blaze Bailey, just uh, just to name a few people they've been out with. And actually, at the time of the airing of this show, they are out on tour currently with uh, Threshold. Actually, one of my metal guilty pleasures there with Threshold. And they are, Threshold's out there playing the whole album of their uh, album, Legend of the Shires. And, uh, yep, Maxwell's on the bill with them. And they're about halfway through the tour at the point that this show will air. And that will be uh, wrapping up finally on uh, October 21st in London. In fact, wow, October 21st, we'll be probably, if all goes well, hanging out with James Kotak and Kingdom Come up in uh, in Derry, New Hampshire. But anyways, back to Maxwell as they have put out their latest album. It's called Metalized, and they definitely have taken their sound and made it absolutely metalized. So I don't think there's any better track to play than the title track, Metalized. has some of that uh, latter day except overtones to that one I think and also a little bit of primal fear creeping in there and just all kinds of good stuff but overall good vibes from that one and of course the extra kick ass piece of that song is that it is just full of great metal songs metal trivia it's just uh, like I said it's pretty cool absolutely revs me up every single time I listen to it of course they are on their own label Maxwell And once again, that is from their brand new one, Metalized. If you want to find out more about the band, then you can go to Maxwell with two X's dot C-H or, of course, Facebook, facebook.com slash Maxwell Switzerland. And again, Maxwell with two X's as opposed to Maxwell with three, which would be my bud, Maxwell Carlisle, who uh, is at this point, I think, a little bit overdue for a new album. Anyway, that is about going to wrap it up for another week here on Focus on Metal. So before we go, just a few friendly reminders. Make sure that uh, you give a last shot and go over to earpeeler.com. See if the site's still alive and uh, pay your respects to a great partner we had for four years. Real shame that uh, Earpeeler is closing up shop. Also, head over to Rat Pack Records if you are at all into uh, hearing some new metal church music in December and pre-order your uh, copy of the brand new Metal Church album. All kinds of great bundles there, as always. And there's also some uh, some great green splatter vinyl from their last release that's available as well. A few other limited things from some of the past packages that they're uh, offering up for sale. So some good deals there as well on the Metal Church page. And hopefully they've fixed it at this point. I know that I went like instantly first day. 
I went on there, and the actual link on the homepage to go for pre-order wasn't working. But if you hit over the, up to the artist, go to Metal Church, and bam, everything was there, and all was good. But for this week, that's it. There ain't no more. Stick a fork in it. This puppy is done. So for Richie, myself, and everybody else here at Focus on Metal, have yourselves a great Metal Week. And until we talk to you again next week, remember... Focus on Metal! Everything else is insignificant. Still here? It's over. Go home.